Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Joining me is co-host and fellow H-Town sports junkie, Stephen Kerr. 60 years in journalism between the two of us. And this was a good one to watch no matter how long you've been covering sports. The Rockets, though, lose 112 to 102. Stephen, it was fantastic for three quarters. Back and forth. Great play by all the superstars. Russell Westbrook shows up. But in the end, the fourth quarter... We've seen this song before. The Rockets just kind of fold the tent a little bit in the fourth quarter. Yeah, especially when it's a close game, Robert. When the Rockets are, are definitely in it, it it just seems like about the only way the Rockets can close a game out is if they are well in control when the fourth quarter begins, a double-digit lead or something like that. But when it's close, it, it just doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, turnovers weren't a big problem for the Rockets for most of the game, like it was in game two. Until the fourth quarter, and I know in the, in the first seven minutes of the quarter, the Rockets had more turnovers than they had the entire game. I think they had five in those first seven minutes. And that combined with the Lakers defense that, I mean, they they look like the Rockets defense did in some of the, in, in game one and in some of the games of the Thunder series. And the Rockets just had no answer for Rajon Rondo. 12 points in the fourth quarter. He was making threes. He was making layups. So the the defensive intensity, I mean, you had to hand it to the Lakers for really for that entire second half, especially that that as much as anything was the difference in the game. If you're the Rockets, what are you going to do with Rondo? You got to live with, you know, playing off of him because you've got to double team LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, they were going off. This is the second game in a row. Anthony Davis has just been outstanding. LeBron James just all of a sudden realized, hey, I better start playing basketball. It's the playoffs. And he looked like the LeBron James that could be the best player in the NBA. And Anthony Davis could miss. And I mean, between those two guys, they just weren't missing much of anything. And, and you're, you're having to play, all, you know, play towards them. You're having to shade guys to, to their direction uh, on double teams. And you leave Rondo wide open. And if Rondo's going to beat you with three-pointers at the you know, buzzer beaters and long three – I mean, it's just like, ugh, what, what, do you, what do you do if you're the Rockets? There's not much to do with, with a, a Rondo. Well, I remember thinking at halftime, Robert, when LeBron James had 29 points. He had 29 in the first half. I remember thinking – Okay, well, if the Rockets do lose this game, of course, the Rockets were just barely ahead, so it, it certainly wasn't in doubt. But but I, I just remember thinking, if the Rockets lose this game, I'd rather they lose to LeBron. If he's going to have the hot hand, that's to be expected. He is King James. But don't lose to a role player or a bench player like a Rajon Rondo, and, and that's exactly what happened. Alex Caruso played well in the fourth quarter. And, and you know, that's that's really it too, Robert. Another factor is the Rockets bench just could not come through, especially when, I know we'll talk about this, but with Daniel House being out, you had to hope that Austin Rivers, Ben McLemore, somebody would step up from the bench, and that just didn't happen. And the, the Lakers bench greatly outplayed the Rockets bench, namely because of John Rondo. Yeah, McLemore and, and uh, Rivers, they only played a combined 21 minutes, 10 minutes for McLemore, 11 minutes for Austin Rivers, they were 0 for 4. Rivers just hasn't been good in this series to this point at all. And and McLemore had two corner threes that are shots that you expect him to make. That's what he's out on the floor for. And he missed both of them. And, yeah, the big deal was that you didn't have Daniel House because 
you know, Rivers and McLemore are such a detriment on the defensive end in this series because of their size and because you got Anthony Davis and LeBron James and you, you get caught up in switches and, you know, you can't trust those guys just to handle LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And, and I think there, there's your problem, Stephen. They desperately need Daniel House back. back and you, you hope that Robert Covington comes back too because, the, you know, he took the elbow to the face and didn't play the rest of the game the final few minutes. So, I mean, you, you got to get those guys. And, and I thought Covington, you know, for the most part, uh, wasn't having the greatest fourth quarter. He had a couple of turnovers, but the first three quarters and, and really for this whole series, I, I've really liked the way that Covington's played. So those, those two guys are just so crucial in a series like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and everything that could go wrong did go wrong, not just on the court as far as, you know, not making the shots that they needed to make. The Lakers perimeter defense was just outstanding. I mean, you had to hand it to them, especially in the second half. And and believe it or not, the Rockets weren't taking as many threes in this game as they normally do. You know, but but when it came down to it, the the Lakers were just shutting them off from everywhere. And that inside game that the Lakers have, we talk about it a lot. You know, that that worked for them. But man, the the threes they were hitting, especially when Rondo was warming up in that fourth quarter. I just knew that was going to be the dagger if that didn't stop. The other issue is the Rockets just don't have an answer for that shaded double team. We saw it in game two over to James Harden, and they did it again this game. And when when they do that, when they start playing that type of game, the Rockets have got to take advantage of it, and they just couldn't do it. No, they certainly couldn't. And there's just so many questions now, you know, as we get her game four. It it was the, the Rockets, it was their game to win, certainly going into the fourth quarter. And it just didn't happen. And so now you just don't know what to think, Robert, with with all these question marks. And you've got uh, Covington, you know, with that terrible collision, Daniel House in that situation. So, yeah, way too many questions. It's funny how one game after another, all these different questions come up for the Rockets. It's funny because everybody talked about the matchup and it was size versus speed and you know, the Rockets would small ball work against the Lakers, and this might be a good matchup for them. But could the Lakers take advantage of it with their size? The funny thing was the Lakers, as the series has gone on long, they've realized, hey, we need to go back to the drawing board, and we're going to have to start playing a little bit of Rockets ball. But it's not really Rockets ball because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis that are bigger than any of the Rockets players out on the floor, and those guys just took the Rockets down low, and, and they abused them. Javel McGee, I mean, he didn't even play in the second half. He, he's been totally taken out. They've gone total small ball. We've seen a lot more of Caldwell Pope. Uh, you, you're seeing Rondo playing really good minutes, and it's, you know, we talked about it earlier, what he did, and, you know, playoff Rondo is back. Uh, you guys might remember from a decade ago that he was playoff Rondo, <laughs> and, and that guy's back. But, I mean, that's the thing, that the size that they have, Stephen – they can abuse the Rockets inside whenever they want to. And it's a matter of, you know, what's their desire? You know, what's their, you know, physical, what are they willing to take physically to, to do that? You know, and, and, you know, the Rockets uh, shouldn't be able to beat it. You know, they shouldn't be able to do anything inside against them because they, they just don't have the size and they don't have the physicality. And LeBron James, all of a sudden, I think, you know, his antenna went up and he was like, oh, yeah, I can just take these guys down underneath and just, you know, I, I can get five footers and layups whenever I want to. Well, and we talked about that, of course, before the series began. And also the the small ball thing, the Lakers were doing that in game two and it was working. So you know what? 
you're probably going to see more of that. And and then, you know, combined with that inside game, the Rockets are going to be really in trouble if they don't have an answer, like you said. If you look at the shooting, yeah, Rondo was great. Caruso had the 1-3, his only three-point attempt in the, in the fourth quarter, which hurt. But, I mean, you know, the Rockets got beat pretty, pretty bad anyway. But LeBron James was four for nine. So he he did a lot from outside. But for three-point shooting, Danny Green was 0 for 3. Caldwell Pope, eh, 2 for 6, 33%. Nothing special. It, it, was really, it, it was really the pounding inside. It was really uh, just abusing the Rockets and, and, and taking advantage of the size. And frankly, you know, the Rockets, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. You know, do you, uh, you know, get more aggressive in your double teams? Do you move over quicker? Do you try to get the ball out of one of those guys' hands? But they could throw it over the top to the other guy. So that's that. That's where you're stuck, yeah. right there. Um, really, the Rockets. I, I thought they played as. Well. I mean, Stephen. I, I I honestly thought the Rockets, uh, despite um, how close the game was, and we've seen blowouts and and earlier in this series, and even in the Oklahoma City series, I thought the Rockets played about as well as I've seen them play the entire playoffs for the first three quarters. Oh, absolutely. And you know, even in that third quarter, when their shots weren't falling and they went dry. You know, neither team shot particularly well. The Lakers weren't exactly making a lot of their shots either. And, you know, for most of the quarter, the Rockets were able to maintain a lead or at least, you know, have the game tied. So even when the shooting went cold those few minutes in the third uh, quarter, you know, the Rockets, when, when they were making shots, they were making threes and they were falling. But absolutely, the first three quarters, Robert, I thought, man, if they could just close it in the fourth quarter, that <laughs> that has been the, the thing. I know I keep coming back to it. But obviously, in a close game like that, it's important. And, and that is what they've got to do if they're going to win this series. Otherwise, they're going to go home and the series will be over. It, it just that's, that's the only way I could say. And yeah, those first three quarters, you know, in the first half, the only reason that the Rockets weren't up by more is because the Lakers, I think they shot 62% in the first half. The Rockets shot 57%. So the shooting was great. I mean, it was definitely, as you said, a game to watch if you weren't really if you weren't pulling for either team it was certainly a great game particularly in those first three quarters yeah for sure and and also eric gordon i, I want to talk about him because he had a really good first couple of games in this series he looked really strong he was hitting three pointers everything was working for him in this game, he was two for six from three, which is not terrible, 33%. But, you know, you want him a little bit higher than that. He was two for nine from the field. But that's it, nine shots. And where I thought this mattered, Stephen, was I just thought they did a better job of defending Eric Gordon. They did a better job of, you know, forcing him inside and then making it very hard for him inside so he would get inside. He he wouldn't be able to finish, so he'd have to – you know, pass the ball out, but they they did a better job of just l not letting him uh, abuse them on the perimeter, blow by guys, get easy shots. Now, early in the game, they were letting James do that, and they were letting Russell do that at, at times. But uh, with Eric Gordon, I just thought overall they did a better job. They just didn't let Eric Gordon go off. And you know, the one guy on the bench that did play a lot of minutes was Jeff Green. And Jeff Green played really good until the fourth quarter. I, I think he had a, like the, the rest of the Rockets, he had a bad fourth quarter. But if you look at the numbers, Stephen, I mean, 7-11 from the field. He was one or two from three. I thought there was a two or three different plays in, that, in this game that I, I thought Jeff Green got called for a foul. We're, we're, they were bad calls. I, I just thought 
No, yeah. It, it, yeah. He, he he didn't get the call because he, he you know, LeBron James was, you know, barely because he's Jeff it. Green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Against LeBron James, you're not going to get that call. Let's just, you know, let's just call it the way it is fair or not. And yeah, Jeff played well, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it, it isn't about what the numbers show. It's about when you come through. And in that fourth quarter, he he did struggle just like so many of the other Rockets. And And you were talking about LeBron James, you know, not just on the offensive end. But he was blocking shots. I mean, he had at least, I think, four block shots uh, going into the fourth quarter, I think. And so that, you know, that too is he, the Rockets just, they weren't able to stop him offensively or defensively in this game. Yeah, LeBron James was just, he was everywhere. This was old school LeBron James. It's hard hard to believe this guy's in his mid-30s. He was just everywhere offensively, defensively, seven rebounds, five assists, four blocks altogether, only two turnovers for LeBron. And the one thing we got to talk about that we haven't talked about is how about some respect? Talk about respect for Jeff Green. How about some respect for Robert Covington? In, in game two, he gets hit in, in the groin. There's no call. They, they didn't. They looked back on that and ended up calling that a what, what do they call it? Grade one uh, foul or something like yeah, that. Yeah, flagrant. Yeah, yeah, gr- gr- grade one flagrant foul. And then, but they didn't call it in the game. They never went back and looked no. at it during the game, which, you know, you would think if a guy's down on the floor with, you know, holding his groin, you might want to go back and see what happened in that play. But this game, Kyle Kuzma, you know, basically pushes him into Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis's elbow goes right at, at Covington's jaw. And, and I realized that Anthony Davis got hurt in that collision too, but he got hurt because that was his own guy pushing Covington into Anthony Davis. I mean, that should have been a foul. And, you know, I I don't think it was a flagrant foul. I think it's just playoff basketball. I don't think, you know, he did anything except push him, but you, you, you've got to call a foul there. And, you know, to me, that's just, again, NBA officials, you know, it's, it's what drives you nuts about, you know, the star players getting star you know, star calls and all that. It's, it's just That's what one of the things that always has bugged everybody about the NBA, and rightly so. And, and absolutely, I agree with you, Robert. There is no way that there shouldn't have been a foul called on Kuzma. You know, it, it can't be a flagrant with Anthony Davis in, in the elbow because it wasn't intentional, you know, because Davis, as you said, got hurt. He was able to stay in the game. Covington definitely got the worst of that. He went to the locker room, had an ice pack on his face. He'd been bleeding. And yeah, you talk about officiating Robert there were actually four officials on the floor because for most of the game how many did you lose track of how many times LeBron James went down the floor and was whining about a foul not being called even after he had scored and yeah LeBron played a great game we've already talked about that but he, he was he was trying to be an official in the game too and it didn't always work for him but in some cases you know as you said the star, the stars are always going to get that kind of treatment. Right. And I mean, I can't say anything because we see the Rockets do it. We see Eric Gordon throw his arms up all the they time. They do, sure. And, and yeah, and, and the other part uh, about LeBron in this game was there was uh, specifically, I remember one where he just, he runs literally or starts walking very fast across half court at the end of a play and is just screaming at the officials enraged and his arms are up and stuff. And, you know, I, I thought he might get called for something there, but you know, like I said, what, what, what can you say? I mean, the, 
geez, the Rockets do this stuff all the time. I can't, I, it's hard for me to get upset because that's, that's R- Russell Westbrook and, you know, Eric Gordon move. I, I don't think James is that, you know, James talks to the officials and James complains for sure. And sometimes he gets angry, but he's not as, he's not throwing his arms up and screaming as much as some of these other guys do. I mean, as much as James gets crap for getting calls and, and that kind of thing, it's it's more that people are upset because you know they feel like he's throwing his arms back like he's hit all you know and he's hit hard when maybe he's not or something like that but i i don't think james is as bad as as lebron was in this game i'm talking about you know james harden right right no and and let's be clear that is not the reason the rockets lost the game the rockets lost the game because the lakers just played better you know especially in the fourth quarter and and even when covington did get hit the game, it, it may not have been officially in doubt, but it was definitely in doubt. The Lakers were in full command, and that was not the turning point in the game. But it's just a, you you have to hope that Covington doesn't go into concussion protocol. You know, we thought Daniel House might after the collision he had in the previous game, and he came back. So you just have to hope that this isn't a serious thing that's going to keep Covington out because that's really going to be a hole that the Rockets are going to have trouble filling if that happens. You would hope that the Rockets could go to the line more than they did, though. I mean, really, the free throw difference was 16 to 14 as far as made free throws, but that's because the Rockets made all of those, made all of theirs, and the the Lakers missed seven. They were 16 of 23. But when you look at it, you know, James Harden with, you know, seven free throw attempts, which is not what we usually get from James Harden, but you get less free throws in the playoffs, of course. Russell Westbrook, who was playing very aggressive, he had two free throws. You would think Russell Westbrook would have more than two th- th- free throw attempts. Eric Gordon had four free throws attempts. Nobody else you're expecting much from. But like I said, there were times where I just thought Jeff Green just didn't get any respect out on the floor. And, you know, I, I just thought, you know, no, that's a he, he he's he's there. He's outside of the, the circle a couple of times. And, you know, he was waiting for, you know, his guy underneath the basket and he gets called for a blocking foul. And I'm like, no, he, he's got position and, you know, it's maybe it was like a slight lean left or right, but that was the extent of it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not suggesting that it it was a major difference in the fourth quarter when this game was won or lost, but you know, those little things add up and, and, you know, that's the one thing that you're concerned about with the Rockets is, you know, LeBron James is going to get his fair share of calls and can James Harden and Russell Westbrook keep up with the calls that LeBron James is typically going to get? Well, that's right. And in a close game like that, it, that is going to be a major factor. And it is a major factor. And with the free throws, the Rockets were doing better from the free throw line than they did in the first two games. But yeah, they they were make they had fewer attempts. In, in the first two games combined, they were only hitting 74% of their free throws, 37 of 50. You know, but the, just again, as you said about the calls, in a close game like that, that's going to be a factor that LeBron and those guys, you know, Anthony Davis, they're going to get the calls that the Rockets probably aren't going to benefit from, and they're not going to get the same calls. I don't know what the answer is in, in game four, because like I said, I thought the Rockets played great. If they, I feel like if they come out and play this good for four quarters instead of three quarters, they're going to win game four. The Lakers might let up a little bit going up 2-1, but you, you if you're the Rockets – you got to go, okay, we got to do this, but we got to do this again and again and again. I mean, if you're going to beat the Lakers, you got to keep doing what you're doing and, you know, strengthen things a little bit in the fourth quarter, figure out 
that James Harden double team do some better things to, you know, with that. I, I think, remember, Stephen, they were having Jeff Green bring up the ball. I don't think that's yes, a bad idea. That's right. I don't think that's a bad idea. You, you haven't seen that much lately, though, have you? No, we haven't seen that. I don't think we've seen that in in this series at all, or it's been very, very, very limited. And and that's what you might have to do in the fourth quarter to where James Harden and maybe other points in the game too, but to where James Harden is not dealing. And and I, I like if Russell Westbrook, I don't know if I want Russ bringing up the ball in those situations. I would rather Jeff Green because, you know, Jeff Green's might be covered by some big and you're kind of taking that guy a little bit out of the play unless he's unless he's just not guarding Jeff Green. Um, but you you pull out that big a little bit when Jeff Green is bringing up the ball and he comes to the top of the key because if you don't come out and get Jeff Green at the top of the key, um, you're like, oh, I'm just going to sit back. Well, Jeff Green can bury a three. Absolutely. And even though he didn't do it as much as he did in the previous game, Westbrook, there were still a few possessions where he was running the ball down the floor on a break and he lost control. I mean, he does that every game. I, I can't think of a game where he hasn't done that at least once or twice. You know, at, at least, you know, we can't blame Russ for this loss entirely like you could in game two. But that's the problem. His, his ball handling is is definitely in question. And especially in the fourth quarter, I, I just I definitely don't want Russ bringing the ball up the floor in the fourth quarter. Yeah, there's still moments where he drives you nuts, but I mean, 30 points in this game. He was a minus 14. It was a minus 14 when Russ was on the floor, so that was an issue. And there were there would be those instances where LeBron's in the game and Anthony Davis is in the game and James is out, and it's just Russ and or Russ and Gordon out there. But you know, he came up with some huge rebounds. Russ did. He had some really big defensive play. I mean, this is about as well as I've seen Russ play on the defensive end for the most part. There was a couple of lapses, but overall, I thought Russ did a pretty good job on the defensive end. And I mean, it's on a curve, I guess, but this was as good as I've seen Russ play on the defensive end. And the Rockets continue to give all sorts of effort on the defensive end, but you've just got to be so perfect when you've got guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James that you know, they're they're just bigger than you are. Yeah, they're bigger than you are. And then the Lakers weren't the best team in the West for nothing. I mean, this is what we knew coming into the series is the size and it's playing a factor. So uh, thankfully, Robert, we, you and I are not Mike D'Antoni and we're not James Harden and Russell Westbrook to try to figure out how in the world to solve this. They're going to have to go over the game tape and figure it out and figure it out quickly because game four, you know, we're recording this the, the night of uh, game Game three after it was over you only have a day to figure it out and then the next day is game four so game four and i if i got it right it looked like on the schedule it's it's a six o'clock start yes that is that is correct and then the texans are going to start what an hour and 20 minutes later something like that yeah something like seven twenty. so they're they're going to overlap but it, at least it's not as bad as i was expecting if if the texans were going to play at seven twenty, and the rockets and lakers would be at eight you know, that's a big overlap. So at least we'll get most of the Rockets game in before the Texans game starts. So maybe there's only going to need to be a little bit of back and forth, flipping from one game to the next and back and forth on the Twitter feeds to try to keep it all figured out, keep it all straight. Well, speaking of the Texans, Gary and Conley goes on the injured list. You're not good at cornerback to begin with. Lonnie Johnson's probably getting the start at the opposite corner from Bradley Roby. You don't have a lot of depth now. You're going up against... 
uh, a crappy quarterback, so it doesn't matter. Oh, no, that's right. You're not going against a crappy quarterback. <laughs> yeah, a crappy quarterback that just got, you know, the biggest deal in the world. Um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. And, and those speedy receivers of the Chiefs, too, so that doesn't help. One question for you. Texans are underdogs by nine. Can they cover? Can they cover nine points? Oh, I, I think they have a chance to. Because remember, you know, a year ago about this time, we were wondering if they could hang with the Saints on the Monday night football game. And we were scared to death of what might happen in the Texans. They put themselves in a position to win that game. So, I, I mean, you, you add in the fact that there hasn't been a preseason for any team. Yeah, nine points. I, I mean, that's that's I, I'm a little surprised by that, to be honest. But then again, I'm not surprised. The Texans aren't going to get a lot of respect. And I don't know if it's because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade or or not. But whatever the case, Kansas City is the defending Super Bowl champ. So, you know, they're going to treat them well in Vegas. No, I, I, I really believe the Texans have a chance to cover. And I really think they even have a chance to knock them off if they would just come out firing on all cylinders, not get themselves behind. Or if they do get a big lead, don't do what they did in the playoffs, for goodness sake. Uh, I, I don't have a good feeling about it because the Chiefs, you know, they're bringing pretty much everybody back and the Texans, you know, they they got crushed by the Chiefs. And I, I, I don't know, you're, you got a new defensive coordinator, you got a new offensive coordinator, um, you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, and now you're going to try to beat the Chiefs with what you got left of of that group. I mean, there's guys that have some more experience and maybe J.J. Watt's a little bit healthier than he was. Uh, at the end of last year, but we'll we'll have to see that game on Thursday, the Rockets game on Thursday. So uh, it's it's basically Stephen. Um, I, I think we're going to be uh, short attention span on Thursday night, trying to go back and forth between <laughs> yeah. two games. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And, and and look, here's the thing too that I think is in the Texans' favor is it is the first game. And remember, you know the Chiefs were a little banged up last year when they played them, and then they got rolling as the season went along. They may not be that banged up coming into this game, but it is the first game. And so I'm just hoping I, I'm trying to be an optimist, Robert, because well, today just hasn't been an optimistic day. The Astros keep losing. The Rockets lost again. So I'm just trying to salvage some kind of optimism going into Thursday that the Rockets can figure it out in game four. And that maybe the Texans, maybe we'll be talking about a Rockets game four win and a Texans upset win of the Kansas City Chiefs. You got to hope, Robert. You got to hope. Yeah, uh, you got to hope, and it's going to be a long shot, for especially for the Texans. But we'll see. Um, don't forget to message us through Twitter, Facebook, or email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. That's info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. It's always in the show description. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>